0: Welcome back to the vibe, guys. I am so excited to have Jen Batchelor from Kin Euphorics. She is the chief euphorics officer. I think that's so cute. And she is on the vibe today for so many reasons. First, Kin Euphorics is a beverage is a beverage spirits company that follows by the guideline of a euphoric alcohol-free beverage, but that actually serves you with natural and healthy elements that will provide you with that euphoric feeling that we all love. It's just a new vibe. I'm so glad to have Jen on here because I actually stopped drinking hard alcohol over a year ago. I do have a beer from here from here, here and there, time to time, but I firmly believe that incorporating drinks like these can prescribe a new way of feeling that euphoric, high sense of delight, whatever it may be for that person, and I'm really, really excited, sad, I'm really excited to have Jen on here. <laughs> I know, like, I'm, it's Friday, I'm losing it, people too, um, and I'm really excited to have Jen on here to talk about, you know, this new age of, it's not even just sobriety, but of less toxicity in the body and what it can actually mean and how you can substitute that in a different way. And Jen, I'm really excited to have you on. We were literally chatting for about 20 minutes before this. (laughs) And I would love if you could introduce
1: yourself. Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the vibe. I couldn't describe better like what this whole movement is about. It really is about creating a vibe. It's about really defining what feeling good is for yourself. And so I love that you have this podcast because I just feel like it helps people really shift their perspective and open their minds to new things. Thank you. I hope Um, so too. (laughs) Very much so. And so I I like to start every conversation. I wish we were IRL, but I'm going to pop the top. Oh. Yeah, hey, cheers. We got to send you some, some totally. Spritzels. Oh, yeah, I want to so make so some mocktails. Yes, for sure. Um, but so you nailed it. I am Jennifer kin, the chief euphorics officer and co founder of a, a company called kin that serves up just a new way to bliss out. I mean, you know, we set out to create a totally new take on the social ritual of drinking. For me, looking back, really studying the history of this stuff, from, the ta- from really the days of Cleopatra all the way back 10,000 years from what we understand um, to be sort of the first experience with fermented drinks that actually altered the state of mind, right? And looking back to its original intention for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it was about reconnecting with the divine. Right, And so when I look at my drinking habits, uh, certainly, you know, you and I were talking about (laughs) college (laughs) where so many of our drinking habits get really fermented, uh, pun pun intended, or or fomented, we end up, you know, realizing and and looking back at my like post-college life, you know, I certainly didn't have any transcendent moments with alcohol there. Were, it was right. I'm As I'm looking anything. at her with like regretful <laughs> eyes.
0: <laughs> yeah, Just exactly. pure regret over here on this side.
1: <laughs> That's right. And like women, especially we're just left so open. We're so vulnerable to the intentional use of alcohol. We're, we're left wide open and susceptible to a lot of the marketing messages, you know, like jane beam right like drink more whiskey it'll make you a better feminist like what the fuck are you talking i don't even know what the
0: fuck that means like (laughs) drink jane beam this is like gonna make you dope no yeah
1: (laughs) no i i i have my my values and i know what makes me a great you know a great advocate of femininity and it's not being blackout drunk and looking a fool and ending up going home with the wrong dude right so it's like you know i i I really like stepping into this. Wanted to completely rethink from formula to, uh, to fun, really, mm-hmm. r- right? From function to the, to the actual experience. Um, how we pr- were perceiving the ritual and how we were perceiving ourselves and our relationship to pleasure throughout this process. And so that's really what ended up taking euphorics from just a non alcoholic spirit that, you know, titillized the senses. To now, something that can be totally revolutionary for the way that we connect socially.
0: I love that. And where are you from? I just need to know. So I actually
1: was born in Miami. Oh right, 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 right. right. <laughs> yeah. And my dad, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled a lot. of was, I was basically a military brat um, uh, at a young, young age, um, and finally ended up moving to Saudi Arabia when I was about eight years old. Wow. Yeah, where he was was based, and we spent about a decade there. Wow. So I guess that's where I grew up, technically.
0: That's so interesting. And what was, like, event life? Like, because you were,
1: how old were you when you were there? I mean, I was 7 to 17, basically. So that was, like, my my most formative years, certainly. So, like, did Um, you drink there? So that's the crazy part. My dad was working for the airline, was working for the kingdom there. Um, But there was an expat culture of creating your own brews, your own home brews. And my dad just happened to be very, very good at it. (laughs) So he went from just like making his own and dabbling, and my grandfather too, um, because he was also out there, to like basically opening an English pub right out of our home. <laughs> <laughs> so we were the social scene. <laughs> you guys were like the go-to house. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, and then it just grew from there. I mean, by the time I was 12, my dad was like the number one supplier of desert moonshine beer and wines to the local expat community of which there were 3,500 families in our compound
0: um, that is and wild. Some Saudi princes. Yeah. Oh my god, Saudi princes. <laughs> oh my god. Do I love a nice prince. Not that I know any prince besides Prince Harry, not that I even know him, but that's really really fucking dope. And I only asked that cuz I was just curious. I always I always go back to childhood. I'm just like always curious like what made you? What makes a person do something? Like there's something within your inkling of, you know, when you're 11 to 15 years old that does make you I think that does stay within you, that challenges you, that doesn't leave your brain. And I needed to know what your family and their involvement in it. And I think that that's super fascinating. And Mm. I think that that's super fascinating. Like, do they think what you do now is hysterical, considering, like, theirs is quite the opposite?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, my dad has said, you are literally reversing my karmic debt and helping replace, really, this, like, toxic substance and helping people try a new way but it but what I sort of rebut him on is is that he also taught me the value of community and that there was so much about the ritual of drinking worth preserving yeah the thing that brings people together the toasting you know there's a reason why when we go out to dinner with friends and like a bottle of champagne lands on the table everyone like lights up Versus when a, bu- when a carafe of water shows up, no one even bats an eyelash. Right, like, We are just jovial people, we, we want to do things together and we wanna know that like we're all in on this together. But my argument was, that's all well and good and I want that, I don't wanna like never go out again, but it's 2020, right? And it was 2017 when we first started this. It's 2020 now, what are the biotechnologies we have available to us? The herbs, the compounds, the things that we know can help us get there to have a social connection since mood is so made in the mind how we 100%. feel is in the mind it's in the gut and so how can we utilize all the ingredients we now have at our disposal that we didn't have even 100 years ago even 50 years ago to create that same experience for people and that's where the curiosity led us to creative works.
0: i love that so for me I have to say, one, I've seen kin all over, all over Instagram. I have seen, I feel like a lot of, I'm a, I'm a yoga instructor uh, as well as this. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I do follow most health wellness type of people and I specifically have been, I love Lauren Elizabeth and I love Melissa Wood Health and I've specifically been seeing them make like beautiful mocktails, like beautiful ones where I'm like, Oh, like when I finally reached out to you, I was like, oh my God, oh my God, these, I I get it now. Now I like see where this is all coming from. And you know, I don't know if anyone listens, but Lauren Elizabeth has been sober for a year now. And- I think Melissa Woodhull too, has been sober for almost a year now. And what I wanted to say is the discrepancy of age. So I believe Lauren is 26. And I think, I don't know how old Melissa Woodhull is, but she's mid-30s with children. So I think it's super interesting, this, like, new world of, like, you know, young mid-20s wanting to become sober and not even just trying to become sober, but, like, even having these drinks available, like, even having you know, not making it so, I feel like people hear I'm sober and it's like, everyone everyone, stop what you're doing and hide your pot, hide your alcohol, hide your this, hide your that. And like they both, Lauren and Melissa both have done such a good job of being like, this is just something I wanna do, but I'm gonna show you how I'm doing it. And every time I see them, I'm so inspired. And I wanted to hear from you, like the story behind like, behind it all, like, was there a time for you when maybe you were 26, or, like, when you were mid-30s, or when you were XYZ that you were, like, I'm done with this situation, like, even when I was telling you about, like, college, my college blackout self, like, Mm -hmm. I knew that that wasn't sustainable, and then they told you about a year and a half ago, and I was, like, that, that moment is my last moment that I will ever blackout and forget something fucked up that I did, so was there, was there a story ever for you that you were, like, I don't want to, see this be this all i want to do is radiate the opposite of what that is
1: yeah 100 percent. but you know what i will say there were many moments where i was like you know how it is you wake up you're so hungover you're like i'm never drinking again or you embarrass the hell out of yourself and you're like okay i don't need to be that person like yeah you know i'm not an alcoholic i i certainly can just decide not to drink at any moment so i'm going to decide today and then the very next day your girlfriends are like all right let's go to dinner let's go out and you're just like Oh, well, screw it! What's one drink, and then right. one drink turns into eight, right? So you, it's like it's so difficult to get off of that roller coaster, and so it really took. You said it beautifully. Like it's it, it took the mindset of, of of realizing what is not sustainable in my life, where I wanted to be, and the things and the people that just did not fit my plan of really achieving true sustainable pleasure in my life seeking true partnership seeking success in my work I mean there were just so many things that I'm like wow alcohol is really at the center of a lot of the things that are just being dampened in my life my light my confidence my skin I mean and it's it totally. you know as you get older so it becomes a non-negotiable after you stop thinking about it as a way to deprive yourself if you look at sobriety as something that is like Oh my gosh, so life altering and so based on deprivation like dieting. Right. Then you'll never you'll never make it part of your ethos. It'll always be a punishment. Where what I love about Melissa Wood, for example, she really shares with you like this is so additive to my process. This is so additive to my regimen. And by the way, it's the future. And and, so and also it is it,
0: self-care it is entirely she's a big self-care girl and i'm obsessed i'm obsessed with her for a lot of reasons but i love that (laughs) self-care for her isn't just like your makeup routine she's like self-care is brushing my legs self-care is not i've been choosing to not drink alcohol i think she thought it was going to be like a six-month thing like just to see and now she hasn't had a sip of it i think in a very 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 long time but it's these people that do you're right it's these people that show like that they want to have the most elevated lifestyle. Like, they are not mm-hmm. going to be held back by that by that hangover, by that one exactly. extra drink that, like, maybe you feel okay, but you kind of feel like puking all day. That you're not your best, that you're not your highest self.
1: Exactly. And I think, too, when you look at a year like we had in 2020 and you realize how much we experienced as a collective consciousness, right, mm-hmm. as a collective a force for change. And and then you look at it at an individual level and you're like, okay, how am I to ever show up in my full power and really show up and, and rise to my fullest potential if I'm constantly depleting myself in whatever way, constantly dealing with, you know, a toxic relationship, constantly dealing with toxic friends, constantly dealing with toxic consumables, whatever it is. You literally cannot show up the way you need to for -hmm. your work, for your causes, for your community, for your family, for your immunity. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, And so that's why we do, we we call it often, we call it social sustainability. Like you care about the planet. What about sustaining the people? Totally. And that's why I really,
0: that's why when I was like, it's not sustainable for my life because it's just, I could, if I just drank that way, I would not be the teacher that I am. I would not, I definitely wouldn't have a podcast for sure let's say that much, and I just think when I mean yeah. sustainability, it's like, I'm not going to sustain a healthy mental life, mental health lifestyle, too, like, there are not so, believe me, like, the amount of times that I have realized that how much non-drinking, not drinking has helped certain anxiety attacks, that I've been like, well, yeah. if I was drinking, this would be a hundred times worse, like, there are so yeah. many, so many examples, and we'll talk about that, but one thing I do want to just get not out of the way but i want just people to have a vibe of is explain to us the euphoros the method the ingredients why kin why should somebody Absolutely. choose kin
1: yeah well so i'll start with euphoros as a philosophy and, and one of the big misnomers and this is we took up this mantle so we know there's a bit of a, a learning curve here and and we're we're here to ride that wave so uh, I'm glad you asked. So Euphoros, as a philosophy and as a lifestyle, goes back to really understanding the etymology of the word euphoria and euphoros, right, which breaks down to mean to be well within, right, right. or to bear wellness, about to bear a state of wellness, right. So it was coined in the late 1700s by physicians that were noticing, okay, I administered certain herbal tonics, and now this person has achieved euphoria meaning. They're back in their well body, they're cured, they're no longer sick. In the 50, in the 60s, 70s drug craze of uh, uh, Western culture, we decided to hijack that word to start defining and describing a state of being high and being out of your mind as a state of euphoria. There's already a word for that. It's called ecstasy. it's called ecstasy. They <laughs> literally sit on the polar opposite ends of the pleasure spectrum. That's crazy. <laughs> Right. So when I discovered that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what we're trying to do with Ken. We're trying to help people return to that state. And the only way to return people to that state is by giving them the language. Language and words, as we know, are so powerful. Beyond, If we rob ourselves of the ability to describe that feeling, we literally rob ourselves of the ability to feel that feeling. Right. Because we, we don't know how to describe it. So we keep saying we're drunk, we're high, we're tipsy, we're this. What about just being well what about just being euphoric just being but just being yeah like well plus is like people underestimate that your natural birthright state like, we are pre-programmed from when we come out of the womb right with that burst of oxytocin endorphins dopamine we come out of the womb high as hell naturally. yeah <laughs> <laughs> right We're totally right and that naturally occurs those are naturally occurring neurotransmitters So with all that being said, knowing how important the mind is, these neurotransmitters, these hormones are for feeling our bliss state of euphoric, right, or euphoria, we were very curious when we were formulating kin as to what are the modern day ingredients that can help us achieve that homeostatic stasis or homeostatic state of bliss of joy, of uplift and energy and that, that magnet that magnetism that we all want yeah. to feel and be when we're around. What are the things that we have at our disposal to help people achieve that? Well, there's tons of stuff. You know, there's chocolate, the P E A, you know, the phenylethylamine and chocolate that makes us feel gooey. The, you know, the the Neurotransmitters that, that were depleted of at 5, 6 p.m. at the happy hour moment, right? Where we've used all of our serotonin, being charming and using willpower and doing all the things. We need a little serotonin boost. We need some dopamine and just enough to be in our power, not to knock us out of our being and to be someone else. Absolutely. But just enough to fill our cup. And so that's where the euphoria, you know, that's where the kin euphorics stack. What we call the formulation stack yeah. comes in. We're like, all right, we got the mind covered. We got the gut covered. We got the endocrine system covered. You're hydrated and refreshed. And now you can go and flow and be in the vibe and create. I your love own. that.
0: And anyone who, ha- if anyone is curious, please follow Lauren Elizabeth and Melissa Wood Health because they are always like on their stories, like one random Wednesday night, they'll be having a drink and it's always kin and it's something that. I want people to normalize seeing and realizing that, that isn't a, that's not an alcoholic beverage. That is, they're in that moment, they're getting gut help, they're getting whatever like, I'm not even gonna say CBD, but whatever brain, you know how like you have brain sensors that come back together when you drink or eat the right thing? That's what you're yeah. getting when you're drinking this type of beverage. And I just exactly. like, and 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 maybe for me, I'm the type of person who like, Needs to see someone else doing it, but I when I I've seen it so much now that I'm like and I'm inspired by these women. So seeing them and seeing how much they've you know, like I said, Melissa Woodhull thought this was going to be a six month journey, and now I don't think she will ever drink again. And I think that's only purely because she realized she's in her power. She yeah. loves being in control of her own self, and she also yeah. has like a crazy. She had a. I think I'm sure you know she had like a crazy lifestyle of. She was a uh uh she worked in hospitality she was in clubs so she was always drinking and she also I think had that same mentality that I had when I was younger of just like you just black out like that's just what you do you just black out and you black out and like you know it's it's also tough to come back from having people from being one of those party people and having people be like why aren't you drinking? Why aren't you drinking? Yeah, why aren't you like exactly. this This last summer, like the amount of times I was asked like, why I wasn't drinking? And I was like, cause I don't want to. Like, I just right. don't want, like, it's not because of that. Like, I just don't want to, which leads me to my next thing, which is, you know, I really appreciate that you created this and not just created it, but marketed it so well, because I have seen so many people make mocktails and enjoy that. And I think it's a strong message that we really all need to take. And like, think about it in a social matter, socializing, being able to, social, to be social just the way you are. Nothing right. else included, as you're we saying, just being. Just in that state that we are, knowing that we're not gonna become something different by drinking more of it, which is usually something that happens. This is no shade to drinkers at all whatsoever. I have friends who I absolutely think they're the best drunks in the whole world. That's just not me. <laughs> But I know that you feel my vibe personally. I would love to know the marketing behind this because you really crushed it in that sense. Getting the right crowd, especially creating a beautiful aesthetic. And even just the way you email and your sense of kindness, you can tell that this is like, you know, you know, Kin is family. Like you can tell that the, you're, you give that family vibe. Everything about our exchanges have been nothing but that. And you're a, marketing genius like you really really are whoever's behind the team so you know i personally i guess what i want to, what i really want to say is one one in the state of just being and socializing and just being what have you noticed in the last i guess four years that that this has been have you noticed like people doing a lot more of like what melissa woodhealth did kind of take a six month break and realize I don't really like actually, this actually doesn't serve me anymore. Like what's yeah, been, the, sure. what's been the, what have you been seeing on the outside?
1: For sure. I, I mean, I've seen it all. Right. And I think, I think that is why in coming to market this product and I'll, I'll just touch on that for a second and, and, and thank you for, for recognizing that yeah. because it is a big part of the DNA of who we are is just really, you know, I even looked at myself the way that you might, if you were challenged with this and you were, you know, trying to create a brand, it's like, Okay, what is going to convince Alexa? What is going to convince Jen to actually change my habits? And I'm sorry, but I am an athlete. I need things to be sensual, beautiful. I'm I need with the you. experience. Right? And so I wanted the ceremony, we talked about this earlier, you know there were certain things about the drinking ritual that were worth preserving in my mind. Yeah. If we really wanted to create change, Because I did not want to force somebody to all of a sudden go from this very bright and glamorous life, because marketing around alcohol is very good at glamorizing that lifestyle, and then go from that to granola, bland, neutral, boring, deprivation world. And so for me it was, we need bright colors, we need gorgeous legacy branding, not this minimal you know, garbage. We need something that's really, really eye-opening, and it makes you feel some kind of way when you're popping open the bottle, when you're breaking open the box, whatever it is, and when you're out in the wild. To your point about the way that Melissa Wood and Lauren, you know, show their their kintails when they're on social media, you know, people have to question, is there alcohol in there? Because the drinks look so beautiful. They really right? do. And it's the same. They do. It's the same with our bars. Like, we made our first concoction high road. We made it pomegranate hibiscus red for a reason. Because no one's going to fuck with you when they see a <laughs> cocktail that looks that pretty. <laughs> 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 no one's going to bother you with this business of, like, why aren't you drinking your brain with yeah. the hive down? Right? And so, because they don't know. So, like, I'll give you a quick example. Our first bar, Cafe Clover in New York. They Love created Cafe the Clover. Cute. I love it, too and they're just like they totally get what we're doing like they have a totally separate section on their menu that says euphorics it sits right under their seasonal cocktails and right above their non-alcoholic drinks. that's amazing right and that so is. non-alcoholic drinks you look it's like tea soda whatever then you have a, a euphorics menu and then you have your seasonal signature cocktails so people were ordering this stuff they were getting a Crystal vessel, this crystal glass with this gorgeous drink that was like, you know, orange and golden. And then they would light rosemary on fire, let it smoke up, put it on a wooden plank, and walk it through the restaurant. And I kid you not, people were ordering that, not even asking if there was alcohol in it. They were like, oh, we'll take a round of those. No way. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll take a round of those. Never asked if there was alcohol, even after they drank it. So, of course, it opens a conversation for, you know, this idea that you could feel a different kind of way. What is the value, you know, when you're paying for an expensive drink? What are you actually trying to get out of it? Mm-hmm. And half of that is the experience. And that's why we spent so much time marketing it the way that we did. And to me, that's showing reverence. Yeah. It's showing respect for the person who's making that decision for themselves, whether it's for that moment, that night, that week, those six months whatever it is you shouldn't have to miss out on the experience Absolutely. because that's half the fun. And you I know. think
0: that and I think that's something you really have created because you know and I noticed that and I'm, I'm mentioning Lauren and Melissa cuz those are the two people I follow that that have really been open about this but when I saw like probably a week ago Lauren making a drink and it looked like a Paloma and like it also takes like something in you to like creativity therapy whatever to like do that and you still get that like you know Feeling of like, I'm still making a drink. I'm still like, I'm still in that, like, I'm winding down. I'm gonna make myself a drink. And like, the way that she goes about it is just like very cool and clean. And same with Melissa. It's like, I'm gonna cut up this orange. I'm gonna put it in here. I'm gonna like make it. It's it's not just about like an O'Douls, which I have nothing against O'Douls at all whatsoever. I think it's great that there's a non alcoholic beer, but there is a a vibe that comes about when you hear duel, You're like non alcoholic. Like immediately. That's just like yeah. what happens. And it's just bland and not pretty and not aesthetic. And maybe right. that's because it's a beer company and that's like what they wanted for them. But I think it's so true that it keeps people in their own vibe of like, it's not so crazy to end my social drinking life. It gives you a different perspective of Okay, I'm okay in this scene. I can handle this setting. And also, like, you can enjoy the little things about making a drink without alcohol.
1: Totally. And the thing is, too, we're becoming so much more conscious as consumers. We're so much more aware of what these ingredients are, what they're going to do for us, and what they're not going to do for us. And I think, you know, you could argue the same for a beautiful mocktail. You can make mocktails, which in my opinion are just a mockery of something else that you're trying to emulate. Um, And that's your prerogative. If you want something to taste a certain kind of way, um, you can absolutely substitute with juices and flavors and bitters and things like that. Often, though, what you find with mocktails, just straight up, you know, juices, right. you end up with 20, 30, 40 grams of sugar per drink, right? And so there, beca- there, there comes a time where you have to be even more discerning with this stuff. And the fact that products like Kin and Gia and some of these other guys exist in the world means that you can have your cake and drink it too, which Love is it. really important to me because it's like, I don't want to substitute one neurotoxin for another, which we right. know sugar and alcohol will get processed very similarly. Um, you know, we have four, all the four, five grams of, you know, white grape juice in our product that is really easily digestible by the system. Once you get up to 15, 20 grams per drink, you're like, damn, like I'm going to have just as bad of a hangover tomorrow. So I think it's also important that, you know, we're thinking about, you know, feeling, how do I want to feel? Ultimately, I need something that's super clean and that's going to be delicious to drink because I don't want to regret it the next day, no matter what it is. Totally. Um, so that's, I think, when, when you get an expert like that that's able to show you it's beautiful, it's functional, I feel great, you're winning on all fronts. I know? love that.
0: Now to get a little bit personal, was there ever something in your life that made you want to stop drinking alcohol or an experience? It's not that a bad experience has to change your outlook on something, but for me, I find I had to stop drinking hard alcohol because I wasn't the best version of myself. I now, a year later, can say that I absolutely had a really bad uh, relationship with alcohol and it took me a really long time to feel comfortable saying that, but I was getting so sloppy. I was just, I, I wasn't proud. I wouldn't wake up proud every day. I would wake up, literally just hoping I would make it to bed by the end of the day I felt Mm -hmm. like such a less than version of myself and as I got older and kept doing it it's like that Albert Einstein quote like you do the same thing over and over again expecting different results and that was me that was me for a good eight years of my life and it took me a while and it took obviously the judgment of others being like, why would you stop? Why would like, you're fun when you do this. I'm like, that's not fun for me. Like, that's not fun. Hmm. So is there ever a time for you where you maybe had an experience for yourself or someone around you that you love that you were like, this is just not healthy. Like for me, it was unhealthy. It was truly like the same with Lauren Elizabeth. Her story really resonates with me. She was just blacking out. And that was me. Hmm. I was fully just blacking out. And like, now I know I have that two beers and I'm like, Now I know what it's like to be tipsy and I don't want to go (laughs) any fucking further. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? But was there ever a time for you where you, you know, maybe had like a really bad like slip up or like a really crazy scary moment or something that like really like catapulted this that you were like, I'm, I'm changing the aesthetic and the vibe of what being sober may mean or like just drinking less may mean for people
1: yeah for sure I mean I I certainly thought about it for myself before I thought about it for the rest of the world and I think that's what ultimately led to me wanting to create something that was that I knew I would like stand in line for spend twenty dollars a drink for you know it's like I'm already doing these habits for for alcohol which I know is is ruining my brain like destroying my relationships um, so, uh, you know, it, for, it really forced the function of like wanting to create something that was really sustainable and meaningful for people. But before then, there were 10 years, I mean, 10 years, maybe plus plus of trying to fit in in, in Western culture. You know, being that I grew up in Saudi, uh, surrounded by alcohol, never having even thought about really drinking to the point of stupor or drinking to the point of black out that wasn't that wasn't the mo just like it's not the mo in 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 paris or italy you know right in europe where kids are drinking really young they're having like half a glass of the wine and they're chilling they're fine you know in western culture we tend to overconsume and make that a normal we normalize suffering in general right a hundred percent i was just
0: gonna say i was suffering (laughs) like that's not good for the body
1: (laughs) exactly exactly and like they say it's and it's so true for whatever reason you know misery loves company and so then we would sort of you know commiserate in the morning with the hangover with all of the shitty things that we did um so certainly I'm 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 like no different in that regard I've embarrassed myself countless times you know woke up with bruises and you know, cuts. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like absurd (laughs) shit that we like, no, yeah, that's just what we do.
0: We're 24. No, it's like, it's, (laughs) it's not any 24 year old listening. I hope you take this advice. Don't be that. Don't be that girl or guy, whoever you are. Don't just don't.
1: (laughs) No. And I say that with love. Like I say this with love. It's not normal. We normalize the shit out of this, but it's not What what's normal is for you to feel your best fucking self when you wake up in the morning that is your that is your birthright that is your right to feel that way and so when somebody glamorizes this lifestyle they're trying to take it away from you that's how I see it now I see it as an affront to my peace and my pleasure so you know I think at the end of the day it took it took thousands of wake-up calls for me to get to the place right. where I realized. Same as me. It took like, it took eight years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a lot of days. That's a lot of nights to, to, to really mess things up. And so I consider myself super, super lucky in that. I think looking back on it, certainly there was a wake-up call for me that, you know, I really, I was starting to dedicate my life to, um, to my wellness practice. I was waking up and doing yoga and doing all this stuff. But there would still be nights because I wanted to fit that in. And I wanted to also fit in the, the lifestyle of socializing in places like New York and LA where of I was living. And, um, you know, one night, there, were, there was a series of, of nights, I'm not going to lie, um, where I realized heading <laughs> home after, you know, a, a, what was supposed to be a happy hour that ended up being a, a night out till 2, 3 a.m. And I'm like, should I have yoga in the morning? I'm just going to preemptively puke this out. And then I'm gonna wake up and feel better. That's bulimia, dude. Like you, totally. It's like it's what? entirely.
0: What? It, right? it goes from from back to your point of suffering. It's like not only was my body suffering from taking in this like toxic alcohol, whatever it may be, but now you're making yourself throw up to who knows? Maybe give you an eating disorder. Like like that. That's it. Creates a uh, what is it called a chain effect
1: of just negativity. Yeah, I'm like, this is my process, this is my strategy for dealing with bad decisions that I'm making, it's not okay. Like there's a smarter way to do this. And I think when I I latched onto that idea where it was like, what is the smartest possible way for me to do this? Because I wanna maintain my social life, but I cannot keep doing this yo-yo bullshit. And I, I need to just lock out the noise for a, for a little bit, because if I asked my friends, they would totally just give me the green light, like thumbs up, hundred percent you made it to yoga, you know what I mean? Um, so when I started defining that for myself was really when I stepped into my power in it. And it's so amazing. And, it, and very similar to, to Melissa Wood, it was a conscious decision to just see, to just take a break for three months, which ended up being nine months. Which, you know, then now I can finally say, like, I'm not 100% teetotal. I still have, you know, a beer now and then. I still have, you know. I feel like you're on my level.
0: I'll literally have, like, a beer tonight. And, like, that's it for, like, maybe the month. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly.
1: Yeah. And I have, like, my cousin's an enologist. He literally has his own vineyard. He makes his own wine. So there's there's a world where I'm, you know, I'm not religious by any means. Because I think, for me, for my process being religious and being, you know, sort of very, very stipulated around this stuff and regimented makes me feel like I'm in a prison of my own design.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's not for everyone. There are some people that are struggling with addiction and and looking at sobriety as, as something that is total for them. And that's important. Um, but that just wasn't my process. And when I gave myself the flexibility is when I was like, I actually don't need this at all. And so, you know, then I started making my own you know, manifesto with myself, like when COVID happened, like when we first started going into lockdown and there was mega stress around the business, I was like, I can't for a second risk being drunk, hungover, have any of my time squandered because I have to be alert and alive for my team and then come be alert. I And mean, there was just so many things. So that many things. Like, I have to be, al- I have to be here you know and so it became a non-negotiable for those reasons which I think when you layer in values society um yeah exactly you start to to realize wow now it's a matter of of not just surviving but thriving through this situation um and when you make pacts like that for yourself it's so empowering
0: I couldn't agree more I, I was literally on my last podcast was saying I think a lot of people don't believe in me, but I'm my biggest hype girl. And, like, if you believe in yourself that, like, you can do this or you can go over, oh, It's just you who has to believe. You don't need anyone else's input at all. I actually think other people's input hurts people's, like, determination to want to stop something. It's like stop, telling someone to stop something over and over and over again is unhelpful sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you need to it see is. it from a different lens. And I think... What's really amazing about specifically your company is that you've been able to show the real lens of how this is going down. And people in that, people showing their real experiences and their real mental health struggles and their real what's really going on that's making them go to this decision. Because I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm just going to be sober because I don't want the calorie intake or this or that. But it's so much deeper than. Just it's 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 how you are as a person. It's how you've been acting. It's and then retraining yourself to be like, okay, this is who I really am. Like this is who Alexa is, not not that girl you met who loved Jack Daniels. This is who she really is. And the more that I hope that people see that and realize that, you know, sure, maybe some people can say I'm I like to go to bed early and I'm boring. I'd rather that any day, Jen than than any other story ever before i'd rather you be like she's so boring she went to sleep that is fine by me it is just it's just it's just so crazy but what i wanted to ask you is what's a message that you would have to someone who wants to stop drinking but can't seem to or feels that they would be that they wouldn't be socially included if they didn't anymore i think that's probably the toughest pill to swallow for a lot of people who want to become sober
1: Yeah, it starts with shifting your mindset. Certainly, you know I think there are a lot of people that fear the black sheep moment, and they fear, uh, and they don't—they aren't armed or or equipped. Many of us aren't. I I know I certainly wasn't early on with the script. Mm -hmm. You know, and and like preparedness. It's almost like you have to do some role playing before you go out. Hundred percent reality you know because you're shifting people don't love change and they especially don't love when the change in you is holding up a mirror for a change that they may be 100
0: it's like i'm being healthier and it's like why are you being healthier when we're all doing this it's like well, right that's just a choice i'm making you don't have to look so deeply it's... and get a- offended by it <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah this is not a
1: reflection on you you do you Exactly. But it and does it hold up better.
0: a mirror to that person being like,
1: hmm, maybe I yeah. should like relook at myself. Yeah. I've experienced it just with Kin existing in the wild. We trigger something emotional in people sometimes. Like just the very existence of you is making me question my relationship to alcohol. And I resent that. And what we try to say is like, this is a judgment-free zone, hun. Like you can do this for a day. You can do this for – not even – like we have, we have loyal, loyal, loyal guests, as we call them, our customers – that start their night with a couple of kin spritz. They'll have a glass of wine. Yeah, move into dreamlight nightcap because they're they're deciding on their own terms what it means to be able to moderate their consumption and feel great. Fine, totally cool. There's no judgment around that. But again, I think it's it's just having the confidence to stroll in and being like, oh, this is my jam. Are you kidding me? This is like the best shit ever. Maybe I'll have some wine later. Don't worry about it. And then just don't have it. I was literally <laughs> you know? going to
0: say, I feel like this would also be a really good intro way into like the way you said it. Have a, like a few kins before, have a glass of wine and then have the ending like nightcap one. I feel like that's like a great way to for people who really drink a lot and are trying to stop. Like I feel like. No one can ever, like, listen, people, I commend people who really do cold turkey, like, end things right away. But in my opinion, I don't think that's realistic. I think that that can be really harmful. So I love that idea of how it could go, how people could go about this and how they can take it and that it doesn't have to be so harsh, black or white, like, sober, not sober. It can be, like... We can take our time. We can ease into this. You can see how you feel with just like what this feels like. And again, it also takes, it's up to that person to really be like, I'm ready for this next step of, of, of honestly, it's, it's, it's like personal growth. of being like like, and that takes a while some even for me I I couldn't sit here right now and say to you Jen I'm I'm sober I smoke pot I have a beer from here to you know what I mean like takes a lot for someone and some people look at sobriety and they're like it has to be this way and I think everyone's road to their end result of health and wellness journey whatever it may be is not linear it's everywhere it can you know like there are people that I mean there's a reason why people who are addicts end up and and recover go back and that's why i think it's great to use this method because it kind of deters you from falling off the wagon it gives you a chance to like ease into it it's kind of like weaning off of something
1: yeah no for sure and it's by no means a prescription that fits all shapes and sizes that's for sure i have friends that are like I need to say I'm sober because I know if my friends hand me a drink, I'm not going to be able to not stop drinking with them. Okay. But just like some people also say to me, I don't identify as sober just as I don't identify as a drinker. Why? Because I want to be able to consume what I want to consume on my own terms. Yeah. Don't pull me into your mania. I will decide when I want it, what I decide when I want to decide it. And I think that's really the powerful happy medium there where if moderation is for you, you have to be able to know where you sit along that spectrum and how you define yourself. But the biggest thing for me is like the mind is a really, really strong tool. It can help you in either direction, right? But the awareness factor around habituation is really important. And what I mean by that is it's so easy to be in a social setting and need to have something in your hand at all times, need to be sipping on something at all times and you have to be realistic with yourself. For me, I knew that I couldn't sit around for six hours with my friends with a big-ass, tall glass, you know, glass of club soda with a lime and a black straw and be marked for the whole night and also have to drink that much liquid. Oh, my God. To- and drink that
0: much? Yeah, like drink to drink that much of the club soda just sounds ho- horrible.
1: No, it's horrible <laughs> because I was one of those people that needed to have a glass of something in my hand at all times. And so now, the way that I got to 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 really switch up that habituation, right is to rehabituate myself around smaller glass. I would have coops in my hand and I would have a splash of grapefruit with some bitters until kin came around. And now I just have this can con. I mean, it's attached to me. I just this is just who I am. obviously it's my identity in, in, in many ways. Um, but it's also a calling card. It's a calling card for people to be like, "Why don't you drink?" And I'm like, "Why would I drink when I have kin?" Totally. Oh, right totally it's not like I have to go through this whole saga of why alcohol is bad I'm not your mom I don't need to preach to you about anything your relationship is your relationship to alcohol but I'm letting you know I feel amazing drinking this and you can too and I
0: and I love that I really love that that attitude that you have because I just feel that even in my own self I'd be lying if I said I didn't feel judgment when people are like why don't you have something in your hand? Why don't you do this? Why? Why do you do this? It's like, I don't need to explain to you anything. If you want right. to talk about it, I'm happy to talk about it. Right. But it's like, this is what I'm doing. My my bottle of water. This is what I enjoy. That's it. I'm not going to ask you why you need five vodka martinis to like enjoy your night. But no, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm so with you on that. And I think it's like, just for I think you and I come from the same place of like, ahimsa non-judgment where it's like we would never ask somebody else why they weren't doing something but people for some reason feel the need to insert themselves and you know you never know where that person's coming from I know so many people who have had really bad experiences who have had to become sober and that's like you know I always like try to take it as a touchy subject not touchy subject but I don't like when people put like a single name on me or anything because I think That's what's put a lot of the world into a place of being like, oh, you're sober now, have to be careful. It's like, no, we can be, we can, we can not have made any mistakes in our life and just choose to be, just choose. It's like, it's like eating meat or not eating meat.
1: It's like being a vegetarian or not. It's like,
0: it's like, okay. Like, and, and whenever I've done these explanations, people are like, but it's not like you can find another protein. And you know what? That's right, you can find another protein. You can find another protein in kin. You can find another drink in in this way. And it's like, people aren't like recognizing that. And I love that in the last year, and especially during COVID, because I think it's been a mentally very hard time that people have like really, yes, I've definitely seen people become like bartenders, but I feel like I've seen so many people really take this time to and maybe it's the hardest time. I know Lauren Elizabeth took this time to be get to become sober, but I think it shows so much to be able to go through such a hard time in the world and to be able to say I want to get through this exactly as I am and not have to like listen, it's okay to lean on things. Like I don't blame anyone for leaning on anything, but it's like I think it's no. really wonderful and I think it's probably leveled up your success so much that people do want to just be better it's not about like it's not about oh i had to go to rehab and here we are now and i'm using i'm i'm drinking kin now it's like i actually think people do want to be better for themselves
1: they do they absolutely do and compound that with the fact that identity is so fluid nowadays with everything. We're talking about you know, gender fluidity, we're talking about all kinds of interest fluidity and career fluidity. I mean, if you really look at it, people are just deciding whatever hodgepodge interest that they're about, that's who they are and they don't need to necessarily label themselves. I mean, case in point, right? And We're gonna see a lot more of this in the non alk space, but just take veganism, which is probably the longest running food trend, right? The decline in people calling themselves vegan was significant in the last three years. However, the escalation and the the the, the increase right in people buying plant based proteins, look at the brands, right? Beyond meat, impossible burger. You know, every single major chain from McDonald's to Burger King to, you know, whomever has called, has made the decision to partner with these people, not because they're trying to reach vegans because people are realizing eating meat every single day five times a day is an unsustainable thing for the people yeah but they're not labeling themselves right they're just saying oh i'm gonna have an impossible burger today instead of a regular burger i'll have a steak on saturday right so that there's also that factor that is just to your point deciding this is just how I want to feel yeah. and I'm going to make that call of how much you know how much of this I want to take in and how much I don't but I don't need people labeling me it's not helpful and I
0: I, I um, love that so much and I have two more things before we close out what's the toughest lesson you've learned thus far in this industry and oh, these gosh. don't have to be they don't have to be like super long they can just be like I learned this
1: <laughs>
0: these next are like think about them as rapid fire <laughs>
1: (laughs) well okay so on the philosophical side I will I will reiterate what I said and maybe this is helpful for the conversation we were just having about how to make this change for yourself people's reaction to you not drinking has nothing to do with you just like you said you feel judged it's not about you it is how they feel about themselves that's a major unlock and I learned that by helping other people make that decision for themselves that's a big one um The second thing I learned in in this industry, beverage is a really, really interesting industry right now. I'm one of, you know, I think five female CEOs in the beverage space. I mean, it's really, really few and far between. The way that we think about consumables as women, we have to start thinking about how things are feeding our intuition and not how things are feeding you know, these, these worldly ideas of what uh, healthy for you means. There's a very fine distinction, right? And I think, you know, what I've learned throughout this process, throughout leading this team, throughout leading this movement, is really that intuition is our superpower. So the second that we start poisoning our power supply with anything, any toxic ideas, toxic visuals, toxic ingredients... Um, we're just going to be less than, we're not going to be able to set the example intuitively for the future, for this like age of Aquarius that we've entered. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've learned to talk about it like that because I feel like it really does empower, especially female entrepreneurs, like bringing the, that divine feminine energy to the table and not apologizing for it, I think is really, really important. If we're going to say, fuck the patriarchy, we have to have a new way <laughs> yeah. to be able to, to, what right? What are we supplementing it with? Well, we have to supplement it with this, you know, ferocious, fearless, intuitive wisdom. I love that.
0: I love that so much. And (laughs) okay. So the next two I have again, rapid fire. What's the best piece of piece of advice you've been given thus far in your career?
1: Oh man. Again, I think it goes back to something I learned really in in studying Vedic philosophy and, and just building my own, my own credo. And that's know thyself and then perform action. It's straight from the Gita. It's, you know 5,000 years and running for a reason Um, you know I think it's when you launch a business when you have an idea when you launch a podcast you're going to have 10 times as many opinions as you're going to have words of encouragement and you said it best be your own champion
0: yeah be your own hype girl
1: if no one else is
0: going to be like Jen I'll be your hype girl if you're ever feeling (laughs) down you just tell me I'm not feeling it oh my god no one will lift you higher than I will <laughs> ever. Um, <laughs> so to wrap this up, what can we expect next from Kin?
1: Oh, so you know, the way that I see Kin, and this is supposed to be rapid fire, I'll try to I'll try to put it in a nutshell. We see Kin as a mood stereo. We see ourselves as the Spotify of drink. Which means to me, Spotify moved us away from just obsessing over genres the way I want Kin to move us away from obsessing over ingredients towards just telling me what vibe you want to feel
0: Love right it.
1: you can go on Spotify and be like hey I want I'm having a dinner party with a bunch of friends or I'm having an intimate night with my partner um you know I need a wind-down mix whatever it is you don't have to worry about the artist you don't have to worry about the genre you're getting dropped right into that energy And that's exactly what we are trying to do with euphorics. And so you're going to see a lot more variety in terms of mood, social dynamic, social setting. I mean, the whole nine. And so we have basically a euphoric for every hour of the day and every social occasion.
0: Oh, my God. I'm I'm so so. excited to try. I like literally I'm going to be your next kin girl.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like I so glad
0: I really will be. Well, Jen, thank you so much for coming on. I think you really. I didn't even ask certain questions because you just you you had it all so ready for me, which honestly says Mm -hmm. a lot about your brand that you don't even need you. You're this is yours. This is your baby. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) Um, And I just want to... I really want to thank you for taking the time. And and I know that this is a tough subject for a lot of people to talk about. And I hope that there's anything that we could have brought to the table. You know, this will be out in a week. I hope that we brought people that, like, light feeling that it's okay to, like, change paths to be different than others. And it's not even being different, but that all of our timelines are different. And if, like, maybe you're feeling, like, a little stuck in your life and that you need to change a few things it's okay to like look at yourself and say like maybe this thing in my life isn't serving me right now and maybe and let me try let me try it out for a month all good this is all about taking your own steps your own vibe into taking your own health journey and i think that that the way that you laid everything out was just so kind that is how people should be talking about alcohol and i i really appreciate just like your energy and spirit guys if you were here you could see that she's just like the sweetest cutest with like turquoise behind (laughs) her and like just really cool art and you know i really appreciate even just talking before about our like just our my drunken stories of just being so embarrassed i just think a lot of people can relate to that and i think sometimes it takes hearing other people talk about their experiences to be like let me take a look on my inside. So I appreciate mm. that so much. And I'm so excited to see what's next. And of course, I'm so excited to try Ken. So thank yeah, okay. you so much for coming on the vibe. And thank you for being such a vibe. And I'm so excited to
1: continue this relationship. Me too. Thank you again for, for thinking of me for this. And for all those listening, you know, I have seen, seen it and been through it all. If you have any questions, I manage my own personal social media. So jennifer Kinn, feel free to slide into my dm
0: <laughs> that's what Share people love upstairs. to hear <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> no but really guys take it take
0: it for what it is if you have any questions about that movement there's no reason to never and not ask someone even if it's me whoever it may be feel free to like there's no way to get over something if you don't talk about it and exactly. i appreciate you even opening up your dm doors to to that so <laughs> i appreciate that and Thank you again. You are you are a vibe and a half and I'm so <laughs> excited to share this episode with everyone. Thank you so much Jen and everyone have a beautiful day.